Listener discretion is advised. Hello, beautiful people. This is Shit You Might Have Missed on Flash Black Radio. I am DaVinci Parks, a.k.a. Lee Bennett III, and I am sitting here with one. Hey, it's Takia, T-Rich. What's going on? And dialing in, of course, I have. Oh, K-Hunt, K-Savage. How y'all doing? Yeah. You might hear some some noises in the background. That's because... uh, Christy is getting busy in, in the kitchen right now, you know, getting her chef one. That actually looks pretty damn tasty, actually. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah. It's right. not bad looking fried yard bird. <laughs> 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 Indeed. So, yeah, we are uh, the usual suspects. Minus one, Mr. Slim Williams. Uh, Slim, hopefully, will be with us next week. Uh, we are we are still a we're not even we, we've been downgraded from the side chick to the jump off. I don't even know what we are right now. We are we are feeling more so like the one night stand at this point, you know. Now we that um, you know what? I just need some space to find myself. Perhaps I don't know. We'll have one to find a good. <laughs> it can't be one night. That wouldn't be accurate. Right? No. That wouldn't be accurate. That wouldn't be accurate. Uh, but again, we are the usual suspects. This is Flash Black Radio, and we have plenty of stuff to talk to you about. Um. One of the things that I wanted to do, I wanted to get the business out of the way first. First and foremost, if you want to check us out, if you want to download and subscribe to our podcast, there are a number of ways you can do so. You can go to the podcast app on your iPhone and check out Flash Black. You can go to the podcast section, uh, your music section in Google Play and search for Flash Black. You can go to www.flashblackradio.com and check us out there. You can go to the Facebook group. Group, uh, Flash Black and check us out there. And now, ladies and gentlemen, yes, it is official. You can go to SoundCloud and download all of your, well, listen to all of your uh, podcasts on uh, <laughs> SoundCloud. Just uh, type in Flash Black and it will take you right to us. So, yeah, you have multiple ways and avenues to get to us. Again, this is Flash Black Radio. So let's go ahead and jump on in. Um, I wanted to talk about a couple of things. Uh, there's some politics. And things of that nature that I think we can we can talk about. But I guess the first thing I'm going to talk about, because everybody has, it feels like everybody has seen it at this point, or most people have seen it. I'll say it like that. And that is the movie Get Out. Um, Christy, I don't even know if you've gotten a chance to see this movie. Have you seen this I movie? I have seen it. I have. Awesome, I saw awesome. It in the movie theater with white people who got quite upset. About oh, well, I definitely want to hear your feedback. But before we get to that, um, actually... Um, I got a chance to see a couple weeks ago, I Am Not Your Negro. Did you ever get a chance to go back to see I Am Not Your Negro? No, I did not. Okay. So I got a chance to go see it. I I will simply say that I, I would highly recommend going to see it. There are some there are some moments within the uh documentary that were applause worthy. Like I literally applauded in the theater. I was the only one there, so it's okay. Uh, <laughs> but um you know, I feel he's like a brilliant dude. Yeah, he was a brilliant dude. And it's just like some of his, not even some, his ability to assess and articulate the temperature of racism at that time and the times preceding those times that he was living in were 
remarkable in the fact that he was able to have a close relationship with um, Mar- Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X, and Medgar Evers. It's like it's 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 very. I I don't know how to really articulate it, but I just thought it was just like wow, and it made me think about this poem I wrote back in two thousand four, where I happened to reference those three people together in a line and said Martin, Malcolm, and Medgar will be prominent activists and politicians. This way, if Jesse Jackson still goes astray, you know. So, I mean, I just think it was interesting that he had, he was able to basically make so many connections between those lives that were lived and, you know, how they were lost and, you know, the, the commonality and, you know, his relationship and how he met with them. So I think it's, you know, I think it's one of those things you should definitely go see. Um, you want to add anything to that, Christy? Um, just that I think it should be required viewing. I mean, but I also think that most of, well, everything that James Baldwin wrote should be required reading. I mean, because he talks so much, especially I think the novels, like where he's just like, you know, in his novels, he plays with sexuality and race. And I mean, it's just, I think that his work is so far ahead of its time because it's still so relevant today. And I mean, I think part of that is because, you know, shit ain't really moved that far uh, forward. But I think a lot of that is also because, um, you know, I think it probably was unusual back then for James Baldwin um, or anybody um, in the 60s and the 70s to be writing about people having homosexual relationships. And not like, oh, we're going to hint at this, but like, you know, these dudes are getting it in. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a thing. It's not like something that's hinted at or anything like that. Like, there are love scenes in these books between men. And I think that, I mean, even nowadays, that's kind of sort of taboo still. Still be a little unusual, yeah, for mm-hmm. like a, a really successful mainstream writer to be writing um, not gay, you know, not ghettoized fiction, you know, like, so not gay fiction mm-hmm. or not black fiction, but just to be writing something period you know that is consumed by everybody and is speaking to a whole bunch of issues without like being super preachy it's just an organic part of the story yeah and that's Um, interesting because um i know that we off mic have talked about i think the three of us have all talked about Anne rice at one point or another and i know in at least her vampire uh novels i read specifically the vampire lestat and queen of the damned i have not yet read interview with the vampire which seems i should have done but i have not but i read both the vampire lestat all of those books are very sexual i read all yeah of but like they they, like all of them they there's very, a lot of yeah there's they're, a lot of a dudes lot of like yeah i mean i mean that's pretty much more prevalent and more of a thing than like heterosexual relationships um and i yeah, and for me, honestly, as a, I guess a heterosexual male, there were points of it that was just uncomfortable for me. But it was it wasn't still explicitly drawn out though. Too it was it was more like illusions and more about the actual feelings that went along with it. It wasn't all about the sexuality. So um, I I just think that was interesting in contrast to what you were saying that you know back then he was doing that because honestly, uh, a little bit of shame on this one, but um, I have not read any Baldwin yet. So that's something that I know that I need to get on, on the train with. So, um, another thing is, I don't know if anybody's seen it. I think it might still be on Netflix. There was a Nina Simone documentary. I think it's called what happened, Miss Simone. Um, and I believe her daughter, her being Nina Simone's daughter had a very heavy hand in the development of the documentary and making sure that it was done with the proper love, care and attention. 
and it spoke to Nina Simone's um her she had some um mental mental illness, mental illness but she also what I think also Baldwin experienced as she got more into the civil rights aspect of of her of her work the artistic aspect of being a singer uh kind of fell to the wayside that it became more of a thing for her to be like a civil rights activist and i think the same thing happened to ball when his his writing in a way suffered because he started to give more attention to speaking and uh you know um making commentary and showing up on tv shows because he had to kind of be that dude that you know uh, there are people that would have been in that space but they were getting killed <laughs> so it's kind of crazy that you know like people that you wouldn't necessarily expect which i guess kind of speaks to the the attitude where people might say oh well, shut up and just you know you know play football or shut up and act but mm-hmm. a lot of the people who were doing it back then even jim browning though we, you know we're not too happy with mr brown these days uh we have to we we can't you know dismiss the the strides he made in terms of like you know uh public discourse when it comes to like uh equality and other issues but uh Nina Simone Baldwin uh <sighs> goodness gracious there's so many Sidney Poitier um we we can go down the line in terms of people who are in the entertainment industry that you know put their careers at risk and were in the sense considered entertainers and there was also um uh Lorraine Hansberry that that was the name right not Lorraine Lorraine uh yeah. That's her name, Raising a Son. Uh, there was a very interesting story I had never heard where she kind of went in on uh, on Jack Kennedy. So I thought that was dope. So that's something worth seeing if, you have, if you're not familiar with her. And she died at such a young age. I think she was like 31 when she passed away. So, um, and she was pretty too. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that. I, what? I just, no. <laughs> I, I, hadn't, I had never, it's like you hear people, but you don't necessarily see pictures all the time. So when I saw pictures of her, I was like, oh, like, you know, it was just like, you know, you see pictures of people in their youth or whatever, like, oh, like, I don't know. It's just something you notice. It wasn't, I wasn't trying to sexualize Lorraine Hansberry. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, Malcolm. I I just got the, I just got the look, the side eye from, from T. Rich. I know you did, but she know Malcolm could get it. You know, she done seen some pictures of Malcolm looking, huh? Malcolm and his pride. I see you shaking your head over there. Mm Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shit, now. Speaking of which, like they, they had pictures of Coretta Scott King. Coretta Scott, Coretta Scott King was very pretty as well. And her, and so I was like, oh, uh-huh, okay. Uh, but all right. So I guess transitioning away from that, um, I guess we can get back to Get Out. So, uh, I guess I want to say we don't want to do spoilers because we can't assume that everybody listening has seen this movie. Um, I would say that it's definitely worth seeing and I would rather people see it with somebody so they have somebody to have a discussion with after they see it. But um, what were your thoughts? And I guess we can start with you, T. Rich. I would like to see it again. Me too. Um, I didn't have the same experience as Christy. I saw it in a theater with um, Negroes. Me too. Were they talking? You know yes. What? A, That's the same shit I had. It was a mixed crowd. Oh. Black people were totally talking to the screen. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those moments like where we all collectively had the same thought. So it was like, all right. 
<laughs> like like the whole I had, call and response thing was okay. I had that too. We had it. There was a scene. Okay, so I'm not going to give anything away. So Lizzie. if you've not seen the movie, skip ahead because we're going to Re- talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Just skip ahead. And you kind of like are really kind of like behind because I don't even go to the it's, movie. Yeah. I was about That's to say the same thing. The theaters were dope. So like, yeah. you know. Like I hate going I to the theater for that, that reason. reason. Okay, so. You could take a sick day for this. That is true. I'm just saying. Yeah, just don't take it on a day where everybody else is going to be off because then you're just going to upset yourself. So I went to a theater that was like on on the fringe of an area where black folks can frequent it. So I went to a movie theater in Bowie, Maryland. So I didn't go far enough. Uh, but I mean, I went to Alexandria, but you know, Hoffman is yeah, yeah, Hoffman very is, is subway adjacent. Yeah, yeah, it's subway. Anything with subway access on it, whatever, you are gonna have that element. So and it I went there, packed. Yeah, and that was the, that was the other thing I did notice. Okay, so I knew that there was gonna be a possibility. What I noticed was this: there was a scene that they show in the actual previews for the movie where they're driving. It's the beginning of the movie. Something happens that startles. The characters and is also meant to startle the audience. I knew that piece was coming because I'd the seen deer? the previews. Yes, yes. I, I knew that piece was coming, so I wasn't startled at all. I was actually trying to open my pack of M and M's because uh, I knew it was coming. And, You're foolish, well, huh? You're foolish. Yeah. So everybody in the audience kind of woo. It's like it's that like one of those like collective gas, and then somebody responded. And Y'all then, saw that in the previews. And then everybody laughed, not everybody, but a lot of people in the theater laughed at their response. And I felt like, shit, once that happened, that was like the green light for them to now be the fucking narrator for the entire movie, which is what they did. So, oh my God, you sound upset about this. No, I don't like that. Upset. I don't that like that. I, I get, it's, it's one of those things, that, I, I, a funny side story. <laughs> I was at work and a coworker said, yeah, so did you ever get a chance to go see that movie you're looking for? I said, yeah, yeah, I want to see it. He said, yeah, I think I want to see it too. He's an Asian dude. Um, younger dude, he's about 25, well, he is 25 years old. Um, he said, yeah, I think I want to see it. I said, yeah, I would recommend seeing it with somebody. I need to see it again. He said, why? I said, well, I happened to go see it in a theater where people were talking. And the amusement on his face. And he was trying to, I said, so you, you just want me to say that I was in a theater where black people talking. Is that what you want to say? Because black people wouldn't shut up. And he was just so entertained by that. You know. Like I'm, I'm one of those people. When I go to the theater, when I go to the movie theater, if I have been drugged out of my house to go in public and watch a movie, that's what I want to do. I want to go there. I want to watch the movie. I don't want to hear your commentary. I don't want you talking to me and then asking me what happened while you were talking. Most of my <laughs> friends know this. Most of my friends know. Like if you go to a movie with me. We're not going to talk. I'm not going to acknowledge you. You're pretty much going to be a stranger to me <laughs> until we're done. And then afterwards, hey, let's walk out and let's chit and chat about what we just saw. But like all of the side conversation yeah. that was going, it was somebody in my row. It was these two ladies. They talked the entire time. And I was just thinking like, y'all cannot have any fucking idea what happened because y'all talked the entirety of the, the movie. movie. I wish they would have been in a fucking sunken place. But <laughs> they were not. They there's were. there's a threshold. I, I can understand like one or two like whispers or something like that, and then shut the hell up. I can I can I can afford somebody that. But when it gets into like just repeated, just back and forth, and trying to be clearly trying to be funny, that shit is like it's, it's whack, yo. Like like yo, do that do that on your own time. Get the but, bootleg and do that. But the movie was really good. Yeah, yeah. So it was layers. That's what I was gonna say, and I there's somebody I actually saw who's a, a really good friend, uh, 
Energy uh, is the first person I saw who had a negative comment about it. She did. She, according to her Facebook post, was not feeling the movie in any shape, form, or fashion. So I wish I was able to get her feedback directly as to what she didn't like about it specifically. Uh, she she did mention a little bit, but I mean, like to hear her feedback because uh, Energy's pretty gully, so she would like uh, say what she thinks. I like the movie. I think there was so much nuance and I thought it was a very well thought out. So there were things that I was thinking of as I was leaving. Like, oh, that's why this character did that. Like, oh, like the police. When she's like, yeah, yeah, you don't have to give us fucking ID. Like that. I thought at first it looked like she was just ride or die. I was like, no, she don't want no damn evidence. <laughs> she don't want a report made. Like, yeah. Like, I just thought it was really, and it was good to see certain actors in it. Like, oh, dude from Atlanta. So, oh, um, Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, that, that guy is 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 quietly becoming one of my favorite uh, B actors. Because like uh, yeah, he, whatever he's in is he, he does a good job, and even if it's small, he finds a way to you know just make that shit his. Yeah. Um. There was I don't know where it was. Was it Buzzfeed? I don't know somewhere where they did like twenty one things you might have missed or twenty one things you didn't think about initially from Get Out or something. Mm-hmm. I think some of them were stretches. Um, at least according to um, Jordan Peele, when somebody was like, oh, she was eating the the cereal without putting it in the milk because she's trying to keep the white from the colors. And he's like, oh, I mean, it wasn't, that wasn't the intention. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, People like, go get real deep on it. That's people who smoking weed. That's what that was. Yeah, people were like, definitely I, trying to I like. I thought that was supposed to be just her strange. Thing. I did too. I thought she was just weird bitch. Right. Because she wasn't even, I mean, she wasn't even like using a spoon. It was like, oh, I'm just going to. And biting, what was it, Fruit Loops? Like yeah, biting Fruit a Fruit Loop in half. Like, yeah. you're a weirdo. Um, so when I saw that, I was like, that's, a, I didn't get there. Yeah. That's been I, I, I thought that was a bit of a, a logic flaw. Not not that part. I thought the part, like the, the, the photo album was a bit of a logic flaw. I mean, they had to have a way for, you know, to signal, like, so you can put things together a little bit better. I thought that was like, okay, and like I don't know why you would leave that evidence so readily available so for somebody to find. But uh okay. But Well, I, mean, I thought it was um Trophy. I thought it was Georgina. You th- oh, I didn't think about that because she kept she kept doing She kept weird going shit. in the room yeah, and she, she was unplugging the phone. But mm-hmm. also like Georgina, even when she was talking to him, you could see like parts of you're trying to Her fight to get through. Her consciousness, right, yeah, when like, she was like talking crying. to him and crying. That was such a good scene. I think and that was- Wait a minute, oh, before you jump in. Go ahead. Um, so I thought, because it happened twice. The door was open twice, mm-hmm. and he only looked in it the last, the last time. time yeah. Right, so I thought that was like Georgina kind of signaling the way Lakeith did, like, get out! Mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah. And so I don't think it was necessarily like- Anything that he was supposed to find, I think these were like their own little mementos. Like, oh, let's keep a picture of all the niggas that we captured. Oh yeah, I definitely yeah. think it was that. And I think she definitely set it up. Okay, as best as she could. Okay, yeah, but that was just no, 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 no. I thought, I thought that was just that was very, very well acted. It's very small, like moment in the movie, and it won't win an Oscar or anything like that. But I thought the way she did that was creepy. And it was there was like there was depth to it because you could see somebody fighting, mm-hmm. and it was just like I, I thought like it's something so small, but it's so good. And like the also the the, the scene where they like the party, like mm-hmm. that party scene. There's so much to that party scene because I like as a black dude, I haven't 
I haven't ever dated a white woman or anything like that or whatever, but I've definitely been in situations socially where weird questions have been posed, not necessarily to me all the time, but just thrown out there. That's just like, that's fucking weird. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, do I entertain this? Do I try to educate? Like, like, where do I fall in this? In this? Like, like, how do I, how do I react to this? Do I just say nothing? Like, how do I, or do I clap? Like, what do I like do? Like, it was a little bit of, it was a little bit, the, my takeaway from the party was it was a, a little bit of what black people in white spaces white social spaces deal with where you know sometimes you get thrown these odd questions what are your thoughts because you're the representative right you're the racism you're the representative for the race at that point but Mm -hmm. also it was also very reminiscent to like slave auctions like well you know how are you strong what do they say about Mm -hmm. is it true what they say about Mm -hmm. black people in their penis and you know just kind of the way they were sizing him up and Mm -hmm. maybe it was also because I was just watching Underground the other night when they were like looking in its eyes and well, looking at its teeth. Let's not talk about Underground. I plan and, on not watching that till like it gets close to the end of the season. And so it was. I, I, it's supposed to make you feel like a slave auction. Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially since they then went and start mm-hmm. bidding on him. Right. Yeah, um, but that, that I thought that I thought was dope about that too was the Asian dude. Like, 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 how would you say it is being a black man in this day and age? And I was reading something on that um, after I saw the movie um, that added to my own understanding and it was basically saying like like he was basically trying to decide whether or not it'd be better to you know you know switch mm-hmm. and that's kind of deep in and of itself you know because what I mean? even though asians are people of color they are not seen oh, as white wow. but not as and so i read a different think piece and their slant on it was like asian people let's stop being complicit as the model minority who like you know defaults our assimilation to whiteness and like actually stand up with people of color because like it's probably a bit of both mm-hmm. it's probably a bit of both i think it probably comes from where wherever you stand because mm-hmm. yeah, you know yeah. the asian diaspora is you know diverse in and of itself and yeah they've got a lot of class and it's very insulated as opposed to like you know like the the issues i, I but even even with just saying like okay there's we're going to include this one Asian character and make them kind of like representative of how few Asians there are in That was America. part of it. Right. it yeah, because it's supposed to be like a demographic breakdown in terms of like, you know, the, the amount of you know black people oh, yeah. and white people. It was, mm-hmm. he, he thought of that shit, so I thought it was interesting. Also, I think it's interesting because like, you know, both Key and Peel are married to white women. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's well, both and they're both biracial, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that 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 wasn't a, a, a shot or shade. I just I just think it's interesting because I don't know at this point how much <laughs> they're pulling these drawings specifically from his life, but I would have to imagine that some of this is like coming from a very close space, you know. But it's well, well, it's, it's very that they have white mothers because mm-hmm. I mean they've probably been especially given that they're older, you know, they were the products. Of biracial relationships when that still was not really like accepted mm-hmm. in most places. I would love to see what like uh, the actor Jesse Williams thinks about that movie because mm. he is also biracial and uh, uh, I feel like his parents have a level of wokeness to them. Exactly, though, definitely but like, like like Jesse you know, Williams' like, wokeness does not occur in a vacuum. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Like, no, so not at all. And I heard his I siblings are like that too. I don't know about Key and Peele's mama, but I know that like Jesse ain't got the regular white mama. 
Okay, I, I think it's important for me to kind of elaborate why I made the, the comment about being married to white women. It wasn't it wasn't a shot or shade. Um, it's just a level of curiosity that I, that I have because one, I think like either way, I think what he did was like masterful when it spoke to um, being culturally um, and and figuratively and literally literally assimilated and co opted and you know compromised. And, and Columbusing, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy, in like its, how like, like most extreme form. Yeah, yeah. And I, I thought like the the parallel between the deer and Chris was dope. Like like you know, I thought there were so many little nuances in there. So I don't want to take away from what Key did. I mean, excuse me, um, Peel did, Jordan Peel did with the movie or him in in general. I just have also heard that you know from uh, watching uh, an interview with Ari Spears who. To be fair, Ari Spears seems to be a bit of a hater. He seems well, he seems to be a bit of a bitter dude. I don't think that he's not saying things that are not true, but I think it also sometimes seems to come from a place of bitterness. Like like you know, there's a success that I haven't achieved and other people have. But he made a comment about Key and Peele, like yo, they're super nice dudes, but they don't get it. Like and he was explaining the difference between Jordan. Uh, Peel and uh, Keegan Michael Key and the Chappelle Show, so he was contrasting those two. So that kind of that's kind of where that question came from, uh, in terms of like how people laugh at your shit, like why Chappelle left. You know, it's like he, he started to see that people were laughing at him and not with him, mm-hmm. and it made him uncomfortable. Whereas um, Key and Peel, it's like they. Apparently he was uh, Ari Spears, and I, I, I think I've, I feel like I need to add this, find this, this interview. It was, it was with Vlad, um, but he was saying that there was some really just beyond the line sketch that they did, where it's like there was no redemption in terms of like the humor. So it was like it was it had to do with like like slavery or some shit like that, and they were acting some shit out, and it was just like there was nothing funny or rewarding for it for black people. So it was just well, you like, know what's funny? What's I that? Never- I never liked the show. Me either. <laughs> and I, I know mean, what. Like, know what? I, a lot I, of people I feel that way. That there was something there. I wanted to like it. I mm-hmm. just could never get into it. So like, but I also feel about them that they had this kind of like Andy Samberg's style of humor that like I don't think that shit is funny either. Mm-hmm. So I think it was just the whole like bunch of younger comedians that like. I get that your age group likes you. I don't think it's funny. And on that, I'm willing to own that I'm an old and like, oh well. So, like, I didn't find them to be particularly funny. I thought some of their stuff was poignant, but I think, I don't know where Aerie Spirits was going with this, but just, I mean, I thought a lot of their stuff was just not funny because, like, it's how they approached it. Like, it could have been funnier if you approached it smarter because I feel like some of their stuff was not as smart as it could have been. I thought they were hit or miss for me. I thought like there's some of this shit to me that was hilarious or some of the shit like yeah, I could have done without that. It was mostly missed for me. Like I've seen mm. maybe like two or three sketches that I was like, oh, that's amusing, but it's not worth watching the show. Mm-hmm. Putting myself right, through that agony. That. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I there's one one that I like in particular that I, I'll actually show people if they've never seen it. The one with the substitute teacher. Like it was like he was like, hey, Aaron. He was like calling out the people. He was like basically substitute teacher from like inner city schools. And he wound up oh, in the I suburbs. Didn't like that at all, that I shit is hilarious that. to me. That shit was so fucking offensive to me on so many <laughs> different levels. It was just like, but because I think I feel like it's not enough to call out disparity by just 
saying it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it made it seem like the way he was acting as an adult, if you are not exposed to children who go to poor inner city schools or poor rural schools, because I'm sure inner city and rural, as long as you're poor, you got the same challenges. Um, Some of them, yeah. You know, it made it, it makes his behavior towards quote unquote civilized kids makes it seem like however you think about inner city kids is justifiable because of how he's behaving. And if he's an adult behaving like that, then what must the children be like? And I feel like there was not enough, like if you want to talk about disparities then talk about like how nice the classroom is or what they have, but don't talk about, you know, the behavior of kids with privilege versus kids that don't because like, that Maslow shit is so important. And if you're not actually addressing how important that Maslow shit is, then what you're making it seem like is, oh, here you got this ghetto ass teacher who's teaching these ghetto ass schools with these ghetto ass kids. And he don't even know how to act around the white kids and he the adult. That's what I took from that. Okay. I didn't find that shit to be funny at all. Now, that articulation right there is along the lines of what Eric Spears was saying about that other and, sketch. And, and that, I would have to say, is probably why he would say something like, they don't get it. And I feel like if you don't grow up culturally black, you know what I'm saying? I don't really care how black you look. You know what I'm saying? You might want to check some of your shit before you are out there, you know what I'm saying, on a big platform because you may not actually know what you're talking about. Because yeah. being followed in the mall ain't the same thing as having to go to that school. Yeah. Um, another interesting thing, and I, and I, I guess we can, st- we can go back to get out or we can not, but another interesting thing that I thought was kind of funny uh, not funny, haha, but just interesting. But they used to do they, they they there were a couple Emmy nominations that went towards Key Key and Peele, but it went specifically towards Key. Like I was like, how does that happen? Like they're both on the same show. They're both like writers and actors, hmm. the principal writers and actors on the show. But like because they on, haven't done what Dave Chappelle and uh uh Neil Brennan name? Neil Brennan did, which is they made it a pact so that they never disclosed who wrote what material. Nobody knows who wrote what on the Chappelle show and they don't disclose. But if they specifically acknowledge Keel, then that means that there are writing credits that attribute specific jokes and skits to specific to to them. You know, like they they are able to Mm. be, you know, like their their work is not the two of them together. They are taking individual credit for what they produce for their combined work product. That's the only way that happens. Okay, interesting. All right. All right, I just learned something new. Yeah, and my my kind of dislike for the Key and Pill show initially gave me some hesitation about seeing Get Out. I've was, heard a couple people say that. Yes, because I, I felt was the like, same way. is this gonna be like an extension Good. of of that shit? Right. I want to leave my house and like pay money to go to the movie to see for that. Yeah. So I actually waited because I wanted to like see what other people thought of it to see if it was even worth it. I wanted to see it before, but go ahead, continue. No, I mean it looked, it looked Netflix interesting. <laughs> yes. Okay, um, yes. that's fair. I think the quality. I think like there's a there's a discernible quality to like how it looked in a preview. So it look, it didn't look kind of like polished. I would say right, and I didn't. I, I, I didn't expect that. there to be the the levels of discussion of of racism and the kind of like microaggressions that black people go through. I didn't expect to see that Mm -hmm. and there was a lot right and so like you know some of it just looked very like 
I guess unpolished. Mm-hmm. And I just wondered, like, okay, so how buffoonery is how much buffoonery is going to be in this? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I wasn't completely sold on it. Glad I went mm-hmm. to see it. Um, but initially, I was like, oh, peel, nah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to see it before because when I saw the preview like a few months before they started actually doing regular rotation for the previews. So I wanted to see it before everybody else started. Like I don't like when everybody puts their like their their thoughts out there on it, whatever, because I feel like it's going to affect or impact me in some way. You know, so I wanted to see it before everybody else got out there and said, Oh, it's this or it's that. You know, it's so this, and I didn't want to be, so I wanted to see it before that, but unfortunately that didn't happen. Well, I didn't hear a lot of discussion ab- ab- I did, about it. I did, unfortunately. I just like heard radio people, shows, like people calking and like talk radio and talk. Yeah, I'm like, I man, to, fuck. I listen to 101.1. Are you serious? They're not talking about that on DC 101. Oh, no, they're not. Right, nah. yeah. <laughs> they did not. I did not hear any mention and of Get Out. You know what? I love DC 101. It was mm-hmm. like the best of 90s with some new shit in there. I love DC 101. So they all I saw, like even when people put stuff up on Facebook, was just like, oh my God, Get Out was good. Go see it. Mm-hmm. And that was... Yeah, know, but for example, problem. okay, you, you know my brother. Both of you know my brother, whatever. You've seen some... My brother gets really emphatic and excited with his posts. So yeah. like he'll he'll say stuff like oh get out you have to see it it's the greatest thing ever you know he did this like like the movie Deadpool I'm not saying that both either one even seen Deadpool if you have fine but he was like saying Deadpool is the best Marvel comic movie ever and like ever I have I did like I like uh, I, I really enjoyed Deadpool on that Deadpool shit I'm still trying to figure out is it that you like the comic so much because I'm still trying what was it. I mean, it was marginally funny I mean it wasn't like hilarious yeah yeah it's it's like you it, like if you get into the comic. You 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 you'll get into that or whatever. Even if you don't, then there's still I think enjoyable aspects to it, or whatever. But honestly, I would not put that in the top Marvel movie ever. Mm-hmm. Well, know? I'm not saying it wasn't good. It's just no, I'm not saying it wasn't like, good either. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Hilarious, and I was watching it like mm, I enjoyed the movie thoroughly. Funny. It wasn't better than Captain America: Civil War, in my opinion. It wasn't okay. better than the first Blade movie. That's a Marvel movie. Um, I liked Guardians of the Galaxy. Blade, is that Wesley Snipes? Yeah, the very first one, yeah. I mean, I like Deadpool because I like Ryan Reynolds. And it was also like, you know, the very one of the early, you know, showings of Shania Lathan back in the day with the little afro and she, Oh, yeah. Yeah, she was sexy in there. Okay. I digress. Um, I sounded real skeevy just now. Right now. Well, yeah. I, yeah, wow. I, just, I heard it myself. That made me feel dirty. Well, I'm, well you know I don't what? know how you're eating. You're welcome. I don't know how you can continue <laughs> to eat. <laughs> <laughs> I was, you know, like, hey, I've, what I've, are you eating? I've not so been shy about my uh, my fandom of Sanaa Lathan over the years. You have not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loving basketball is a great. You movie. are consistent. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I digress. So, I, I, I is there anything else we need to talk? Because I don't, I really don't go into all the nuances for like people who's like to, I like those who haven't seen it. But I just think there are a lot of elements. I thought. There was it was cool that there was more than one plot twist. I thought there were three major plot twists, and they all came kind of rapid fire. So I thought that that was kind of cool, just like the characters and who the characters, mm-hmm. you know, were, you know, and also the also the sinister plot, so to speak, because you know, in, in any type of thriller, there's got to be a sinister plot. Mm-hmm. So between that and then the character revelations, and I Get thought him, that Grandpa, was, <laughs> wait, what? 
Yeah, that shit was crazy. That shit, that shit was fuck? crazy, son. So it was just like, yo. So it's just one of those things. Like I think it's definitely worth seeing, but I also think it's just great conversation piece. Shout out to Rod for being a great friend. Oh yeah, true indeed, true indeed. So I had to pause for a second. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. We need to get the 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 Carmichael show back. I don't know what happened. They said it was picked back up. I don't know what happened. Why why I don't see it anymore. Or haven't seen anything new on it, but uh, yeah, Lil Rel was actually pretty funny in that in that, in that movie. Um, oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's the same dude from the Carmichael Show. He's Lil Rel. He was uh, the um, the the dumb brother Bobby on the Carmichael Show. Which means nothing to me. Now when y'all watch the Carmichael Show, I thought we had this conversation. I've seen it once. I know that it exists. Oh, okay, all right. I don't even know what you speak. All right, the Carmichael Show <laughs> was a comedy on NBC. That kind of, in my opinion, rival black blackish. I don't watch just, network TV. Huh? I don't watch network TV. I gave up on network cable. Is just much better. Yeah, I I think I, I can understand that. So you don't watch This Is Us? I do. Everybody watches This. It's is the us. one thing, right? Right? Like everybody. It's the one thing that I do watch because everybody watches that. When my mother was how here, could, how here. could you not love that shit? How I could watched, you not? And I like had immediately. A I sat down. I forgot because you know I have taken a week, of, like like some time off from it. So like I had a three hour mini marathon on Friday. I was a blubbering mess, mm-hmm. like twenty minutes into the first hour, and then I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna ride this wave of tears <laughs> all the way to the end." So I'm just gonna catch on up every week. I died when she got the postcard in the mail. Yeah, was that was angry. that was good. Well, you know what, right. man? They like. Randall she is and the his best wife. One on there. Randall and Beth are like the, my favorite part of that show. Because I yes. think I think their relationship, Same. how they interact with each other, is it's so, so real. Yeah, man. yeah. And it's like they check each other in so so many minute ways, but they support mm-hmm. each other in so many minute ways. So it's just like I, I call I call I call wife. Mm-hmm. It's like but but yeah. the, 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 no, I call wife. I'm like shit. <laughs> like yeah, that's that it. Is such a good show. Yeah, yeah. So like, like Randall and Beth to me are the best part of that show because of the way. And it's just, uh, yeah, I, I just say if y'all have not watched This Is Us, now you have an opportunity to You've see what all the hype lived. is. Yeah, you see what all the hype. But is I, I feel you, Christy, because when I was watching it this week, I was like, I had the thought to myself, like, fuck, every week I'm crying to the show every week. Girl. And it don't be like a tear or two. It be like ugly cry, mm-hmm. wiping the snot and the tears off with your shirt and shit. It's just I see what y'all doing. I see where y'all going with yeah. this. Yeah, <laughs> and I kind of sort of watched Parenthood. Parenthood was not this good. Mm-hmm. Parenthood really was good in the beginning. I think it kind of kind of meandered. When it first started off, whatever, because I like 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 the I whole Aspergers get- and all that. I wasn't familiar with Aspergers and. I thought it was. I, could, I, I couldn't get into it because I just loved the movie too much. That was supposed to be based off the movie Parenthood. Yeah. It was completely different. Okay. All right. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they had an autistic kid too. We just didn't know Asperger's back then. Okay. Kevin was just weird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yes, the takeaways: go see Get Out and watch This Is Us. Indeed. Um, politics. Do 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 we dare tread into the waters of politics? There there are a couple of things that uh, the Republican members of Congress in the Senate have said that are of particular note that I feel like should be recorded. 
Which should one? Be. The one where poor people maybe shouldn't have insurance, or we should stop buying iPhones so that we can have insurance? Well, there was that, or and that was two different one dudes. Where like you can keep your insurance, but we know they're gonna kick twenty million people off of insurance. Uh, well, there's also the one where oh, I mean, like you I got, keep I got, your insurance, but we ain't gonna cover shit. Uh, there was one that said like poor people don't want health insurance. There's there's yes. that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one who tried to compare like a $650 iPhone to 10000 plus in insurance um, right. premiums over the course of a year. There was so a, let me just hop in and then here because I was be just poor. recently hospitalized. Um, Proceed. Because, <laughs> you know, I just had that. Yeah. I just had a surgery. Yeah, yeah. And just in looking at my bill, thankfully, I have insurance mm-hmm. and I have Aflac. Good looking out on that check, Aflac, by the way. Um, but just looking at the itemized bill and I'm just like. My God. Five thousand dollars for your anesthetist. Yes, I was just like, my God. I, there was a charge up there for something that I don't even, I don't even know what it it yeah, was. They take, they put a thermometer in your mouth, whatever. It is a hundred dollar charge. They give you a band aid. That's gonna be or Tylenol. That could be fifty dollars. And I'm not exaggerating. Right. No. No. Right. No. They these can are literally not give you like a, a pill, a, a Tylenol, a Tylenol three, and, and in the hospital that, that can get marked up. But do you know what that is? What's that? That is you subsidizing mm-hmm. the uninsured. Mm-hmm. So imagine with your insurance what it's going to look like when 20 million people don't have insurance anymore. Because when they don't have insurance, they don't go to doctors, they don't get preventative care. So Which is one of the things that they want to get rid of with this with this this uh, well, greatest healthcare plan oh, now. Cuz how right. arrogant is that shit? Well, the who greatest health Huh? So you cannot get mental health nope. treatment, but yeah. you can if you are schizophrenic. Go, go buy, buy a gun. gun. Yeah, because they want to remove that provision. Because your schizophrenia is also untreated. Right. Because you have no so, mental health coverage. So let, okay, but yeah, the idea of you just don't want none because you wanted an iPhone. Okay, right. so I think at this point, because we're, we're pointing out very uh, good things, I think the, the for those who are not familiar with some of the benefits of the Affordable Care Act, and let me just say this. I don't believe the Affordable Care Act is perfect. I do believe that the intentions of it are good, even though, like, you know, it was a heritage plan, a heritage foundation thing. I think there are a lot of innate good things in it. Um, So I'm going to point out some things if you guys want to add on or if you ladies want to add on, feel free. Um, One of the things that I I really dig about the Affordable Care Act is I think it's I heard it's 80 percent. I think the percentage is higher, but I'll go with 80 percent because I'm not sure. But. Healthcare uh, companies have to use, at a minimum, 80% of the money that you you give to them in terms of premiums on actual healthcare. What that means is that they can't use your healthcare premiums to rich themselves and not provide you the services that you're paying for. There's there's something inherently powerful in that. Because that, that says if you have to put that mandate in there, that means that they're actually making money for the shareholders, which also begs another question. Why are people Why trying to profit, profit off of you being sick? Why do people want not want you well? Because one of the things that also was put in the Affordable Care Act is that you don't have to pay for preventative care or annual physicals. So if you need to go in and get checked for a physical every year, you don't have to worry about going to your doctor and coming out of your pocket. It's covered. And it should be. Because if you go and take care of things and get ahead of things, it's easier to fix the problem then try to fix it afterwards once you're already on that slippery slope. But it's also cheaper. And it's cheaper, too. And the other thing that's kind of ironic about that is this is also kind of like the same thinking that people have in terms of, you know, there's a crime problem, so we're going to add more police. But police ain't fixing the problem of crime as it is. 
You know why? Because they're not actually resolving the actual root of the matter. It's resources. It's opportunity. It's it's income. It's you know. It's, it's no, it's so, not. Huh? No, there's a lot of. People are lazy and they don't have good character and they live in the conditions that they deserve. I don't necessarily. And they're selling that. heroin to white people. Hmm. I said they're selling heroin to white people. I oh, love how right. all of a sudden now right. it's a health they're, they're Selling heroin health to crisis. white people and when they leave the suburbs, there's one more white girl with a brown baby in her belly. Hmm. <laughs> God damn it. Okay, so getting back on track. There, there, there are so many different aspects to the Affordable Care Act that um, they're trying to essentially remove. Look, Republicans are not your friends. No. They don't give a shit about you. They don't give a shit if someone has no access to treat their mental health. They don't give a shit if they don't give a shit about gun laws. If said mentally ill person like buys a gun and shoots up everyone. Uh, Buys a gun, shoots up themselves. They don't give a shit about people shooting up schools. Um, yeah. As long as these people that are shooting up schools are not brown, because then they do give a shit about that, because then that's terrorism. Um, they don't give a shit about these white folks going around shooting up all these Indians, calling them Arabs, telling them to get out the country. That's not terrorism. Um, they don't give a shit about your health. They don't give a shit about your bottom line. They don't give a shit about you if you're not a rich white person. Which most of us are not. Um, a rich white Christian. Man, let's just throw that out there. Well, yes, because yeah. they certainly well, don't no. give a shit about your vagina. I mean, you know, they like a certain amount of Jews because, I mean, who's going to lawyer and accountant otherwise? <laughs> a stay in your place kind of Jew. Right, and you not know. ruffle your feathers, kind of Jewish person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let me let me uh, throw something else out that was said over over the course of the week. There was also a politician that bemoaned the idea of paying for neonatal care. This was actually yeah, pre and post, wasn't it? it? Probably. I don't know, but like it, it. Okay, so let's explain a couple things. But don't we, have an abortion. Yeah, you don't yeah. Give a shit about. Well, yeah, your baby yeah, but like, we're going to speak about both sides of that. We're going to speak about both sides. They don't give a the shit bank. about giving you access to birth control to keep from having this kid that you cannot well, no, abort, no. that they wait, don't wait. want to allow you to have any but pre or postnatal. Hmm? That's the thing. It's all about access. See, yeah, you can have access to health care, but you might not access. be able to afford it. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But let me let me let me stay on task with this whole neonatal thing, because I think it's important for those who might not be familiar with how some of the uh, elements of healthcare work. So. When it comes to health care, and we'll talk about before the Affordable Care Act, we'll, we'll, we'll remove some things. Okay. So before the Affordable Care Act went into place, um, and this is even after, but the way insurance works in general is there's a pool. Car insurance, it's a pool. Uh, homeowners insurance, there's a pool. Healthcare, um, that's a pool. Life insurance, that's a pool. And the way the, the pool can work is a couple different ways. Okay, so if we're talking about homeowners insurance, it's going to be by zip code. Okay, so if you live in a very sketchy part of town and you have a, if you have renter's insurance or homeowner's insurance, you're going to pay a little bit more because their assumption is that if you live in a sketchy part of town where crime statistics have been reported at a certain level that is above a certain threshold, then you might be making more claims than the average person, so you're going to have to pay more. It's the same type of thing that happens when it comes to car insurance. So when we move to something like health care, there is a pool. 
and it covers everybody in the pool and it kind of normalizes things, right? So the more people in the pool, the more spread out the cost is. However, there is an assumption that when it comes to women, and this is before the Affordable Care Act, there's an assumption that women are going to be more expensive when it comes to health care insurance because women have more uh, checkups. They have uh, breast care exams and cervical exams and, 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 you know, just things to make sure that their, their lady parts are working properly. You know, like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I sound weird, but I'm not, a, I'm not a doctor. But you get what I'm saying. Well, so, it's complicated business being an incubator in a milk machine. Right. So there, there are all these things that go into it. So to suggest something as simple as like neonatal care, why should a man have to pay for it? We're, we're paying for it all. It's, it's in the pool. It's the same pool that if you have to get preventative health care in terms of prostate exams. Same question. Why do I have to pay for Viagra? Boom. Well, no, how about this? That's you not, that's that's that not preventative. That was just thrown in there. Because it's some man's child. Right. There is that too. I mean, I'm, I'm, that, that's also very I mean, if we want to break it down in those terms, like, oh, that's not my problem because that's a, a woman's problem or that's a man's problem. Um, 20, 13 of those chromosomes, 23, 23 of those chromosomes came from a man. So that's a man's child. Like, you know, we don't make babies on our own. And that's, that's, that's all. Sperm on our own, but you know. Yeah, that's all valid. And I'm, and I, and I think that's a very good point to throw on top of that. But what I, I don't want to get lost is that's all being covered anyway, because this is, this is what happens when it goes into the pool. No, it's, I mean, it, it is all being covered, but the way it's broken down, it, it's not being discussed as it's being covered that right. way. Right, it's and that's like, why I'm trying. To, that's why I'm trying to elaborate. Women's issues are separate, are separate. Right. and that's stupid because that's not the way it works. And the, the point I'm trying to get to is, it's become more and more apparent to me that a lot of people that are elected officials or whatever are really not the brightest people. I mean, I mean, it's something that you kind of say like, "Oh, that guy's an idiot," or like, "Oh my gosh," but like, no, these are really average people who are really trying to attack very complex issues and simplify them, and they're not equipped because. You can't take something like health insurance and say, oh, you can have access to it, but, you know, you can't afford it. Then what's the point of having access to it? That's the way it was before. People had access to health care, but they I mean, can't afford it. I have access shit. to Christian Louboutin shoes. I can't afford them. Right. Same damn difference. Right. So it's, 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 it's very unfortunate. And I think people are starting to understand how things are because, you know, when it's. Well, they're starting to understand because it's impacting them. Well, and or that's the way it always works. It, yeah. They're starting to see how it could impact them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think they are starting to pay attention. There are not everybody because not everybody is going to pay attention. Because I, I ain't seen enough upset white people get about this health insurance shit. I don't know about I, that. I mean, not, there are a lot of town halls. Yeah. There, there are town hall meetings where they're going in. Um, now, Lindsey Graham. I mean, I've seen uh, he's those, just digging his own ditch. Like, hopefully, since this bill has come out. I have not seen enough people in the streets. Um, I don't think it's far enough down the down the down the road yet for people to really. I think it's it's going it's going to make a turn. But I think th- th- there was such a massive job, and people are so easily influenced by their own personal agendas and their own personal biases and stuff. The very simple thing of rebranding it from the Affordable Care Act to Obamacare, people don't even understand. A lot of them were benefiting from the Obamacare. And now it's because, what the Affordable Health Care Act. Hmm? Now that's what they're calling the Affordable Health Care Act. Is that what they're call, trying to call mm-hmm. it? I thought it was the greatest health plan, and the, the, it was something something ridiculous. I mean, like that, that might just be the Obamacare that, moniker that they're throwing on it, the greatest health care ever. But it's officially ridiculous. called the Affordable Health Care Act. They want to throw in the H to you know. I didn't realize that. That's hilarious. 
But I put out a tweet when 45 was doing his address to Congress and he was talking about health care. And I like in the middle of it, I was like, is he trying to repeal and replace the Affordable Care Act? The Affordable Care Act? <laughs> like, yeah. like, really? Mm-hmm. But like, uh, like even like Republicans, like is the Affordable Care Act light? Is Obamacare light? I mean, I guess it's light depending on where you fall on the the spectrum, the money yeah, it's, spectrum. Yeah, it's it's a it's lot of light on taxes or light on coverage. Yeah. So there's another thing. So one of the things that there is there is a mandate, and a lot of people don't like the mandate. The mandate is that everybody has to uh, have health care, and if you don't have health care, then you have to purchase health care from a from some provider, right? Now. Most people, this does not affect because if you're a W-2 employee, chances are your your insurance is being provided already by your employer. So for those who do not have insurance outside of that, you are required to uh, purchase health care. That is a mandate for you. But there's also something called a voucher. And those vouchers help offset that cost sometimes in entirety, uh, which you would pay out of pocket. So... Um, the cost in terms of these uh, inflation and stuff like that, every time um, insurance um, changes or whatever, is going to typically go up. That's just the way it goes. Cost of living goes up, so does insurance. You know, So um, a lot of people don't like the mandate, but the mandate is there to make sure that nothing goes in arrears and that the program itself is paid for. And that- well, wait. Let's talk about what they replaced the mandate with. That's what I was getting to, but you can go ahead. Yeah, that's what I was going towards. Go ahead. So, like, because what they replaced the mandate with is instead of having a fine that you pay to the government that will go and benefit, you know, healthcare of people, um, they have decided that no, 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 you don't have to have insurance. However, when you do go decide to buy insurance, you will be paying way more insurance. What is it like three or five years or something like that? because that's the penalty for not having paid insurance and that money will be going to the insurance company and they're going to do who knows what with that, which is probably not provide you care. You know what I'm saying? So all of your costs will be way more expensive, so much so that many people, again, will be priced out. So you mm-hmm. will have access that you cannot actually access because you cannot afford it. You know what I'm saying? So like they've replaced all of the incentives of Obamacare with conservative you know, policies. So if, instead of getting a tax credit, now you get uh, what, what is it, a tax break or something like that. You, you Which means deduction. you have to wait to the end of the <laughs> you get a deduction, right? end of so the year. The credit, you get a deduction. Yeah, you know yeah that's not going to help you at all during the actual year. <laughs> but, all. you know, you can wait till next year. Um, what has become abundantly clear to me, and this is actually renewing my desire to to continue to talk about enhancing your finances and and speak towards uh financial empowerment and all that uh, what is which is one of the uh focuses of flash black radio um is when it comes to this country it is functioned it functions um on a very real level off of fear and debt I was having a conversation, and this is kind of going away from things a bit, but I still think it ties in. I was having a conversation with a good friend of mine um, that I went to undergrad with, and uh, we had a conversation at some point about her younger cousin and her nephew going to Howard University. Um, Both of them wanted to go to Howard University. Um, Neither one of them has got enough incentive in terms of monetary compensation or, you know, offsetting for them to go. 
And she said, yeah, they can't really afford it. That the, mo- the mother can't really, the mothers can't really afford it because it's about 46000 I'm like, what, a year? And she said, yeah. I said, a year. And she said, yeah. I said, huh? That don't sound right. Yeah. I was like, I was dumbfounded. I was like, how it costs $46,000 a year? I I guess now I got to say, I got to look it up. But like, but a lot of these universities are that expensive. And when it comes down to it, I was just sitting down with a friend yesterday who was at the very final stages of of her PhD, she's in, a, in the process of defending her her dissertation and all that good stuff, wrapping all that good stuff up. So she'll be a PhD probably by the summertime. And she's been working on this process for years now. But she's almost there. But she's saying she's hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt off of this PhD program. Which to me, just like, why? You know, why are there so many mechanisms to put you in debt? Because if you're in debt and you're you're wired a certain way, if you're in debt, that means you can be controlled. Tuition and fees at Howard University are $23,970 without financial aid. With room, board, and fees combined, total cost of attendance is $43,116. Madness. Madness. <laughs> so, like, and that's my alma mater. Let's get it straight. I love HU. Like in, in many ways, help me be the, the the person I am today. I'm thankful for my experience at HU. How I met Kay Savage, you know. But uh, <laughs> yo, that that's madness. And it's, it's like I is it I get, really though? I think so. I just I mean I, on a level it is, but when you think about it, is it really? No, no. Why like not? how do you continue I mean, the circle see, of want, poverty? We we want because. We know that it's HBCU and its target population is lower income, first generation, college students, you know, black and brown. We want it to be more affordable. But the reality is it is a private institution and that is on par for what private institutions cost. The real issue that we should be talking about is why does it cost so much to go to college, period, whether it's a private institution or a public institution. That's what I was talking about. It wasn't specifically Howard. Uh, No, I wasn't specifically taking a shot at Howard, but I'm just talking about that's ridiculous. And it's like, you know, it's like the, the idea that you could buy a $70,000 vehicle and pay it off in five years if you finance it. You can buy a $70,000 house and it takes you 30 years to finance it and you pay for it two and a half times over. This, this country is predicated on the idea of keeping you in debt. Yeah, just like the, the um, young like lady it. who posted or wrote something about like, hey, I had $100,000 in loans and I paid them off in three years and you can too. But it was like her and her husband got a condo from her mother that like her mother gifted to them as a wedding present. And then they rented that out and lived with grandparents and bought multiple other properties that they rented out to cover the cost of their so not a standard scenario. No. <laughs> but the way she made it seem like, hey, you can too. And isn't that like oh, yeah, you the can. entire that's like access. idea of what this country is is built yeah. on? But that's the, the same idea that you you can have access, right? Right. Like, like the but idea they, that but the, you, you but can then, do it. But the bigger question is, like, well, do they really want you to have access? Not really. Not really. If if you can be indebted to somebody, that means that there is a level of control that, that that is held over top of you. It's point blank, period. That people can die in debt. It's crazy. Your debt can follow you after you're no longer here. I mean, my and not are only now that, at like thirty thousand, and I am very happy. <laughs> I shouldn't be happy about having like thirty thousand dollars. What loans. were they originally? If you don't mind um, me asking. 
Originally, they were like 60, 65. Yeah. I'd be happy, too. I'd be happy, too. I, I just, And this has been actually a quiet thing for me because, uh, you know, I can look at uh, Christy right now, who is in the process of, of getting her learn on. She's back at HU, getting her uh, uh, another degree. Um, and that's cool. I'm not mad at that. I've wanted to to do do like a a master's program or something like that for a while, but my idea is like I want to do something like creative writing. I know that's not going to benefit me in terms of the professional market. Um, I can't take that anywhere. People are not going to be excited because I have a creative writing master's, but it'll enhance what I do as a writer. It'll make me a better writer, I believe. But you know, I can't see going to debt for that shit though. <laughs> that's that. That's really what it, it comes down to me now. It's like, like where where's the where's why why do I, and it's crazy. Like I shouldn't have to make these concessions. Like if I want to learn and better myself, I shouldn't have to so heavily consider like being in debt because it's basically like it's it's basically a form of in, in slavery. It's indentured servitude. Yes, it is. Which is some bullshit. <laughs> so between prison. And medical bills, and school loans, and, school loans and car debt, and home debt. Huh? That's what I was about to say. What you that? can't discharge it for bankruptcy. So it really, to me, oh, the school loans. Yeah, they because they, yeah. yeah, they've been they've been flipping that like yeah. And in some places, because I think this is a state by state thing, your next of kin will inherit your student loan debt, whereas it used to be that they forgave it. There are some states that will allow it to be passed on. Yeah, I'll be damned. Who does that? Nah, Probably and and that, and and, and again, huh? Same with medical debt in Pennsylvania. Yeah, now how are you going to do that if somebody ain't cosign? I can see there's a cosigner and you and that person and the person the, the person who actually held the debt passed away. But how are you going to just find me and somebody like, oh, well, you the closest again? So like, yeah, I wish I they would know him. Yeah, I wish they would. Uh, that'd be a really colorful conversation. <laughs> really colorful. <laughs> Really colorful. Very, very. Yeah. I did not know how that was that expensive. I'm sorry. Yeah, I like it wasn't it wasn't that when I went there. You know? And I I I, I didn't have to yeah. But it wasn't that when I went there. So room and board is ten thousand dollars. I'm curious as to what it was back I guess I can't recall. But I feel like I need to look it up and see what it was back then because that's a very large difference, I think, than what it what it used to be. Do you remember roughly what it what it was back then, Christy? Just roughly, but ballpark. Mm-mm. Can't hear you. <laughs> yeah. Well, gonna, Are you serious? There we, we go. <laughs> I don't know what happened. You did something. Because you just flipped something and we can hear you. So I don't. we don't know what happened. Welcome back. <laughs> you can hear me now? Yeah. Yes, we do. We can hear you now, yeah. That's so weird. Technical difficulty. Yes. So I was I, what I was asking is, do you remember roughly like what tuition was back when we were? It was like seven or eight a semester. Yeah, so I thought it was like way less. I mean, but that's fifteen. Hmm. That's fifteen thousand. Yeah, but fifteen is a far cry from forty-three. That's that's three times damn near. I mean, but like it's what a two percent annual tuition increase. Fuck, I know, but like that's that's still that's still almost three times what. What it was. I mean, and now what it costs to go to like Georgetown, Columbia, 
That's what, and, then, and then aren't they like in the 60s? Yeah, it was Damn near? $8,000 in 1995. Yeah. That's crazy. So that's... Yeah, because I, I vaguely remember looking at those tuition bills. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I, I was thinking like 77, something like Shit. that. Yeah. I mean, I'm only in school now because vocational rehab is paying for me to go back. It's 10000 and some odd dollars a semester. I was like, what? <laughs> Yeah, a significant portion of my loans came because I went to grad school in Maryland, and I'm not from Maryland, so, you know, they like to hit a sister with that nice out-of-state tuition. Yeah. Which basically is, at that point, like attending a private school. Basically, yeah. So even though you became a resident, you couldn't, like, as a resident, just say, like, I'm I'm a resident now? And Mm-mm. No. I looked into it, but it was something... Why? I think they want like five years yeah. before they let you be a resident. It's oh, not just like, so oh, you cool. lived here a year, so we'll give you this reduced to it. Trust me, I looked into it because I was hey. trying to save some coins, and mm-hmm. nah, it doesn't work that way. That's some bull right there. It, like, it's some complete bullshit. To me, what makes that extra ridiculous. Me? That's a bull right there. Right. What makes that extra ridiculous is that I'm willing to bet that a lot of people who are doing graduate studies were in place there for undergraduate. You know, or they ended up there for a job and mm-hmm. now, you know, they're doing this. And so it's kind of like if you plan on staying in state to work or you have graduated from an in-state institution, why aren't you, for the sake of your own state economy, saying, hey, people, we'll give you this in-state tuition on this graduate degree? Why are you trying to nickel and dime me? Because the only reason why anyone ever got a graduate degree was so that they could get a fucking promotion, hmm. so that they can make more goddamn money, so hmm. that they could pay more fucking taxes. So it's just like, I don't understand where the disconnect in the fact that the economy is an ecosystem comes from. You know, we don't want to pay for health care, but then when we look at all of the loss in productivity, you know, in the billions of dollars every year because people don't get adequate health care, then we're all up in arms. And it's like all of that money, you know, is not these are all not separate pools. Just because it doesn't affect shareholder profits in a way that they understand doesn't mean that it doesn't ultimately cost the economy and affect in, you know, the overall bigger picture, more subtle ways, shareholder profit. So I just don't understand the disconnect and not understanding that, like, you want people to get better jobs, you want people to get educated, but then you make it cost prohibitive. Mm -hmm. And you tell people, you know, when I was in college, I worked all summer and paid for you know, my college tuition. And it's like, yeah, well, now I went to college and one year was like buying a fucking car and four years was like I bought a goddamn townhouse. You know what I'm saying? And I ain't got shit to live in or drive. Yeah, when when the statement is made, it's not taking into consideration the significant difference in cost of attending college then as attending college. Now, even just in, in this discussion, the cost of you when you guys attended howard as compared to how much it is now mm-hmm. significant right. it's twice as much three three times she well said, i didn't i didn't take into account the the room and board i just yeah but she she had a room and board <laughs> yeah 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 so like if we're saying 15 then and they're talking about without room and board is 43 and change mm-hmm. and you said it's another so listen that is crazy like like you know is into in into the the thing that 
bothers me. I'm trying not to curse. I know we can't, but did you give it up for Lent? No. Oh. The thing that bothers me in this though is you're you're starting these people off, these young people off. I said these people. <laughs> Us too. <laughs> you're starting these young people off who are trying to get a foothold to better themselves. You know, trying to learn. They're trying to put themselves in a position so they can be productive. They can live comfortably. They can do all the things that they're supposed to do that you tell them that will help them achieve the American dream. But here, you got to take all this debt and saddle them down with that. And that's some bullshit, dude. And you probably won't be able that's to find a bull- a like, like, you know, some kid that's coming from nothing who's like, you know, maybe they don't have en- enough money versus scholarships or whatever. They're going to go to school. Some of them can't finish because, you know, they, they, they might have gotten through three or four semesters. But you know what? The money ran out. But they still got that sixty, eighty thousand dollars $80,000 in debt. And that's some bullshit. It really is, man. And we have to do better. We really do. Because that, that doesn't make any sense to me. And just like this, this having this conversation is not like I wasn't aware of this, but just talking this stuff out just makes me angry. And it should make you angry as a listener. Is it New York that offers um, free tuition to community colleges? There are a couple. There are a couple schools throughout the country that actually offer that are uh, tuition free. I was listening to um, talk radio. It was uh, Karen Hunter on SiriusXM. She was talking to a, a dude who basically um, I can't remember the name of uh, the name of the website he has he's been on there a couple of times that I've heard him but I want to say his name is Kevin Brown and he has this this uh, this book and this website um, um, where you can go to school for free and basically he he explains how he went to school for free he basically got in good with people in the admin office or whatever he asked them are there any scholarships any type of teaching positions that i could take he got in you know he found any type of like you know uh whatever can i be an ra to offset housing costs what can i do because there are a lot of different ways that you can like offset costs so he was talking about all the different ways that he found to offset costs so ultimately he didn't pay anything to go to school and he still got his degree so um i don't know if everybody can do that because if everybody's trying to use that same plan and eventually there's not enough money yeah it's not enough money but um if you're using that system and other people are not then it betters your chance to basically come out ahead so um i can't remember the name of the website but you can google kelvin brown i guess and uh, going to school for free and you should be able to find them. Uh, yeah. Another thing, going back to the ACA, Affordable Care Act, another thing is there is a provision in the Affordable Care Act where if you go to the hospital and get discharged and then you have to go back to the hospital again in the same 30-day period, especially, I think, for the same uh, condition, then the hospitals can be... Uh, reprimanded and, and disciplined and, and uh, charged for that. Well, that's stupid. No, not necessarily. It is because having worked at a hospital, there are people who sometimes have chronic illnesses that sometimes will lead to them being rehospitalized when in a 30-day period. That There's that, but there are also some um, sometimes where people are actually hospitalized and they aren't Actually, no, Takia, there there are certain metrics. So it's some of it, it's like for certain procedures, if you're an otherwise healthy person and you come back with an infection or something like that. Right, like, but I mean, like to make a blanket statement that if you just come back in 30 30- It's not a blanket. No, no, not there, a blanket. Spe- there, there are very it's specific parameters for, for, so for how if they, I was, they do that. If I, if I came here and I had, uh, a 40, I'll use a co-worker's example. I don't, I'll try to use this example. And it, not better yet, I'll try to use uh, Nurse James' example. 
basically, if you go to the hospital, you're having chest pain. Um, you, you're, you're having uh, certain symptoms that lead you to believe that this person is having a certain issue. And they're discharged. And that person comes back for those very same set of things or whatever because you said there was nothing wrong. And they come back for that very set of things. And now things are like ramped up and they're they're, they're having like, you know, cardiac arrest or something like that or whatever. There can be some type of issue in terms of where the hospital is found. Um, because they didn't go through their their just um, basically. It's no, like, I understand that. I yeah, mean, but the way you, I uh, had, yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't articulate. I'm not. I'm not. You know, again, I'm. It's it's something that I read, um, and not too long like this week, and I'm remembering it kind of halfway. So it's kind of hard for me to articulate. But I also had a conversation in the um, um, health awareness uh, podcast that I had with Nurse Jamie, where she was actually speaking directly to that because I was not aware of it where it's something that basically prevents hospitals from, you know, abusing uh, their patients or neglecting their patients in a sense where they're not actually, you know, like taking into consideration all the possible things that might be going on with this patient. So they wind up coming back and spending more money and clogging up the system. So like, you know, let's properly diagnose these patients. Let's make sure they get the proper care and make sure we get them out there as healthy as we can. Sometimes you can admissions? miss things, huh? This is just for admissions, not house, not emergency room visits. I believe this is for admissions. I mean, it could be emergency room, but I think it's for. I, I have to look it up. You no, know that that'll be a challenge for me. I'll look it up and I'll try to get back to you on that. So I don't want I don't want to misspeak any more than I may have already done. So, so, yeah. Uh, well, we've covered Pretty a lot dang. of ground. <laughs> and I'm hungry. I need to go to the grocery store. And to get Christy's hungry. like eating and cooking. Oh, Dag, and I just wanted to say something about the day without women. Oh, go ahead. Did you first of all? Um, did either one of you participate? No. Oh, just ask. I didn't go to work, but okay, it was a good excuse. Okay. I mean, I, I didn't have anything to not participate in. If I had class, I probably still would have gone because, like, I wouldn't have done me any good. Um, but I feel like so. I saw a lot of or I saw a fair amount of pieces about how this is like only something that privileged people could participate in, blah, 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 blah. And I just want to have to say that um, when there are times like this where it seems like, you know, oh, this is something only privileged people can do, I feel like it's our job as someone who considers themselves to be part of the resistance of, you know, all kinds of political oppression and just, you know, marginalization and whatnot, that like, sometimes, yes, we are excluded from the conversation, but we need to figure out how to include ourselves. Um, I feel like, you know, women of color, women who um, are of a different socioeconomic level than, you know, the stereotypical proponent of, quote unquote, you know, like white woman feminism, you know, like, yes, sometimes they can be tone deaf. If we want to be included, then we got to be innovative and figure out how we want to participate with them. And I feel like there needs to be a dialogue going on because the reality is, we know as marginal people that like, if you are not marginalized us, people, marginalized people, that if you are not one of us, if you do not have close friends or family who have gone through the same experience, then you just don't relate. And I feel like while it can be exhausting 
to constantly feel like, oh, there's this tone deafness. I also feel like we're at a moment now where it's very critical that we A, be united. And I feel like we're also at a moment where like, no, people don't like being called out, you know what I'm saying? But everybody get past their feels, you know what I'm saying? And we can actually get together and do some shit. So um, I did see some articles about innovative ways that you can participate, even if you couldn't take the whole day off work. I have a friend who actually took a half a day off work. Um, you know, and so like, I think my, 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 my overall response is I think it was a good idea. And I think that we got to figure out how as marginalized people, how to include ourselves in mainstream uh, progressive activities, because if all we're constantly saying is that's shitty and that's fucked up and that doesn't apply to me and you didn't ask me how I could participate then, you know, they're going to keep doing that. You know what I'm saying? And what we need to be saying is, hey, I can't do that, but I can do this. You know what I'm saying? And maybe when you promote that, you can promote these things as well. You know what I'm saying? So those are just my thoughts on that. Okay, let me ask you a very quick question. I'm going to ask this to both of you. Do either one of you feel a day of not participating is an effective way? Or do you feel like, you know, they're... I'll just leave it as, do you, th- do you feel it's effective? I think that because there was not an organized conversation amongst the different coalitions of women, that it seemed ineffective. And so what you heard at the end of the day was a bunch of whining about why it wasn't effective instead of talking about how we can make this more effective next year because i think the reality is yes all of these days all of these protests protest does not change anything in the sense that oh my god all all of a sudden policy changes overnight but protest alerts people to the fact that there is a problem and protest by large numbers of people makes people who are not so sure if they want to take a stand because they're not sure if there will be allies it lets them know that there are allies. It, it, it informs the people who are on the fence that there are masses of us. And so come join our numbers because if we can get even more numbers then we can have even more of us. So I think that protest is important because it draws attention and that is important. And then I think quite yeah, frankly- but the, the, the question specifically though, just, just to stay on task with that, I, I don't disagree with that. The, the, the question I was asking specifically is a day of protest, be it for like immigrants or people who yeah, do you I, feel I like a, a day, one day yes, is I would really love to see a worldwide general strike. Okay. I think Take some care. of the effectiveness was lost because there were so many women in the workforce who did not participate. And not necessarily right. that they could not, because there are people at my job who mm-hmm. could have, who could have and didn't. didn't. Okay. And if you take all of, I mean, nursing staff, I I understand that there's an excuse for nursing staff. I mean, even if you come in and you wear your red and you, you know, you say mm-hmm. I'm 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 participating with you, even though I have to be here. But if you just look at like professional staff, like the psychologists, the social workers, the other, the music therapists, rec therapists, secretaries, those, if you take all of them out of where I work, mm-hmm. there is a noticeable absence. Mm-hmm. So if you multiply that across, you know, various agencies, yes, I think it can be, I think it can be impactful, but I think so many people were just like, eh, nah. Yeah. 
I mean, I my my position is, and I I don't discourage it, but my position, at least for now, continues to be that I believe it needs to be a more sustained effort. Like I, I, I it I, it does, I, but it also needs to start somewhere. Yeah, agreed, agreed. But and, there were people who, because um, they closed a couple of school systems. Mm-hmm. Um, because PG was close, wasn't it? Prince right. George's County, I think Alexandria. Alexandria. Yeah, yeah. And there was a teacher who was um, a teacher at Alexandria Schools who was on Fox 5. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about why she was protesting. And they were, you know, mentioning that the school system was going to be closed. And there was a Skype in call from some lady who was just like, I, well, this is wrong. And I don't understand why you all are doing this. And what about the kids? And, you know, you should, if you know that you work, in a school and it's mostly women, you just shouldn't take off and the kids shouldn't be forced to. So, I mean. And which was completely like looks past the idea that half the student body is probably, if not more, is probably female. What are the kids supposed to learn from this? Probably the female. And I, I think it's this, this, that is really heavy. Christy. <laughs> That's a really heavy sound. I'm uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think people, the problem that we're running into that there there are two issues that we're, that we're really like seeing exacerbated since uh, the Trump declaration for uh, presidential nominee. So this has been going on for well over a year now. But I think two. there are two things, huh? Two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think there there are two issues that have been extremely exacerbated and highlighted uh, in this country over that time. That is one: we have an issue with empathy. We have an issue with accountability. Uh, no, the the fact that we can't as a country agree on the the bullshit that women have to deal with and contend with on so many different levels. Like I think the the women's march was powerful, and it was powerful because so many women agreed that there's an issue, and they got out there and did it on all seven continents. That's powerful. You can't overlook that that it happened on all seven continents. I don't know another time in history, not saying that there wasn't one. Yeah, but I don't know any other time there was a coordinated protest that happened on all seven continents. I remember when I was a kid, they had hands across America. I ain't never do that shit. I ain't know nobody else in my my area who did that shit, but apparently it happened. And that was cute. That was supposed to be all of America. Well, people held hands across America. Great. No, this is a protest on all seven continents where you can see like aerial photos in London and in Africa and uh, no, Africa is a continent, not just a city, but, you know, places in Africa and, you know, places in America like New York and Seattle, so forth. Um, so I, I just think that the, we can't agree on that. That's a problem that women after this, you know, we like there there needs to be further uh, agreement in terms of something of this importance. You need to rally around the flag, man. Because uh, the idea of protest is under challenge right now. There are a lot of uh, state governments and uh, city governments that are looking to try to do away with protests because they understand how effective and important protest is. And they want to take away rights. And I, I'll, I, I think I'll wrap it up with this, my, my, at least my statement. Um, this past week, I actually took time to read the... U.S. Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and the Declaration of Independence. Just because, like, it's one of those things that you're familiar with and you probably saw it in high school, but probably haven't looked at it in a long time, a lot of us. 
So I looked at all three of those things. I went to archives.gov. They're all on there. But I will say that <laughs> the Declaration of Independence is one like part poetry and part like like hilarious ass breakup letter. Like the first couple of like paragraphs are basically so beautiful. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and it goes into all this wonderful language. I mean, of course, it don't include black folks and, you know, the indigenous. But, you know, looking past that, you know, it's it's very it's very well written, I think. And then it gets into the part where like why we're why we're declaring our, our independence to whoever, whoever will listen. Basically, like, we don't like this dude. He's a jackass. He's a dick. You don't listen. He, you know, he, he he will not compromise. He will not actually be, you know, uh, listen to our, our problems and, and the things that are important to us. He wants to tax us. Um, a lot of the reasons why declaration was was made by all those people who I guess were people of import at that time, obviously, because they put their names on it. Um, a lot of those issues that they brought up are issues that we have right now, which is scary. And I think people need to be kind of mindful of that, that we are kind of at a point where we've come full circle. And um, uh, history is one of those things. They say if, if, you're, if you're not aware of your history, you're doomed to repeat it. I, is Christy trying to say something again mm-hmm. and we can't hear her? Is mm-hmm. that what's going on? She also looks like she's in a horror movie right now because you just see, <laughs> you just see like, like, you know, like everything moving around or whatever. Chrissy, did you have something you want to say? Because right now we can't hear you. Nope. We can't hear you. Can you hear us? We can't. I think she can hear us. I don't think we can hear her. I don't know what she was doing with her uh, her laptop. Well, maybe the joint times out. I don't know. Mm-mm. No. So, oh, <laughs> heard something. What? Uh, what? Can you hear me now? Yeah. yeah. That is so weird. Well, you need to get it Welcome together. Welcome back. Yeah. I think I have a short in the court, but good news. I found for $30 a podcast, headphones, interview mic. I'm going to order that. Oh, so, okay. Um, no, but what I was saying is that when the declaration was written, we were colonies. Mm-hmm. We are now the colonizer. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you got different priorities when you're trying to get away from empire is when you're trying to keep an empire together. Mm-hmm. But it's just the irony of it though, you know, so it's just, you know, it, 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 it's again, and we talked about this, you know, in terms of what makes a protest a protest, you know, how the Boston Tea Party was a riot. They, they call it a protest and they want to, you know, that shit was a riot. You basically broke on to somebody else's ship who was from another country. You threw their property into international waters or the national, it doesn't matter. You threw their shit into the water. Um, that that's a violation. <laughs> it's a treasonous act. What <laughs> what was done, and they did it to make a point. Uh, you know, and that point eventually led to the independence of this country, um, from being colonies into being, you know, United so States. Nothing to do with nothing, but um, you said making a point. Um, and then I'm gonna be done. Oh, that's cool. Leave. I don't think Nikki made her point. Oh, it, oh, with uh, no frauds and the other two discs. You shouldn't need you shouldn't need three tracks to make one point. Shouldn't no, like I mean, you know you shouldn't. Uh, I think. I, go ahead. Oh, I got two points. This country, this this noble endeavor, was started by a bunch of rich landowning mm-hmm. white title motherfuckers who yeah. did not want to pay their taxes and mm-hmm. wanted to continue owning slaves. That's one. Mm-hmm. Two. 
if somebody stepped to you in a rap battle, you cannot make three pop songs Mm-mm. and and with, 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 with like a half a bar each dedicated to the entire seven minutes plus another two that was thrown at you and think that you're going to get away with that and call that a victory. You're what I'm going to call that is a double loss. You're okay? not entitled to because get help. Not only did people clown you for getting your ass handed to you, but now they clowning you for not being able to clap back right. Like, I just don't understand. There's so many puns but you know like what? getting her ass handed to her <laughs> and then like not being able to clap back right. That's like, that's like, a, like, a, like a quadruple entendre. But this is what we should handed. expect from a bitch who kept fucking that whack ass nigga. So, I mean, which, you know. Which, which, which? Birds of a feather. Meek Mill. Me. Oh, because they're like, like you, the, now we know why she loved him so much. Because they whack together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard it and I was just, um, I was listening to it on the radio because I was going to work and she started singing and I was like, wait, is this is this a response? Because you're singing and I know hip hop. That's what Drake does. That's why I, like, I just but can't. You know what? I can't what do it, man. Is this not really a response? Because the no. track was recorded in January and she right. called them back in to re-record some verses, not even the whole track, some verses to make it a diss. The fuck out of here! That shit is whack as fuck. It was so horrible, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't listen to it. I mean, I, I tried to listen three. to it, but I couldn't. I realized at some point that I had zoned out, and then the song was over. And yeah. I think I heard the second one, but I don't like how um, Nikki and Wayne they like to rhyme the word with the word, mm-hmm. like rhyme girl with girl. Mm-hmm. And, That's not rhyming. And will with will. No. Yeah, that's basically that's just, not, they, they just find a different. That's repeating. Diff, yeah, the different right. meanings of that word, how you can use that word. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking Which about. Which is lazy because they have a rhyming dictionary that you can put on your motherfucking phone. No. Like, get it together. Get it the fuck together. Well, this is your job. I need you to try. Right? What, what, I will say, what I will say that the reason why I didn't listen to it personally was, again, there were three songs to the one. Like, I feel like if there's a rap beef, it should be like, I say something, you have a chance to respond. If it's worth me responding, then I will respond to that, you know, but there shouldn't be a whole back and forth because if you keep responding to something, it means like, obviously you didn't get your point across and maybe you know you lost. But on top of that, you can't have, hold on a second, just very quick. You can't have multiple people incorporated into your beef to jump, especially you can't have two dudes jumping in on a woman on a disc. That's whack, yo. Like I remember, there was like a like a multi group diss, like a multiple rapper diss of fifty, like like five dudes jumped on one diss track for fifty. I'm like, yo, like that's very corny. So that's the reason why I didn't listen to it. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm out. I'm good. She got a whole Instagram essay mm-hmm. on why she ain't make a song, mm-hmm. and I'm just saying that right there, you know you act, mm-hmm. you know you lost, mm-hmm. and you know you should have come better because if you didn't. Then you wouldn't have had an essay explaining why you didn't. Or just stay quiet. Like you've been quiet for three weeks. Girl. If your your silence would have been the better your continued at silence point, would have been at this point, yeah. The better response than to like, okay, so you had three weeks and this is what you decided to do yeah. in that time? You should just stayed in Paris with your titty out. Like that was much better than this. I was not mad at that picture though. I was because it was I tacky. Was. That whole was, outfit was tacky. was tacky. No, it was tacky. I'm, I'm, I'm not. We seen her at the titties. Outfit. It ain't nothing new. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. like when I saw that picture, it just it was sad to me because I was like, okay, so this is her trying to stunt, mm-hmm. but you're not. Mm-mm. But more importantly, 
she just looked all the way fake to me. Mm-hmm. Like her titties look really fake and her ass looks really fake. I mean, and it just all looked really like, like I feel like she melts. Which is why also titling her quote unquote diss track, no frauds was like, well, the fact that she Hilarity. also she also like you know she was going at Lil Kim for a very long time, and that's something Lil Kim obviously did. You know, a very long time ago, everybody remembers the whole Lil Kim moment when she went out and Diana Ross did the underboob, like "Girl, what you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, put put your titty up." Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of interesting that she kind of used the, the same, not the same outfit, but a very similar approach, and it's like even the same side. I, yeah, that's she interesting. Just, she just should stay quiet. Yeah, yeah, but again, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't mad at it. But you know, my my motivation is a little bit different than y'all's. Stop sounding skeevy. I mean, it's good I wasn't not nah, material. Just... I'm not going to deny that, but I mean, you know, people want to like jerk off to the girls in porn. They don't actually want to touch them. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> we told you from future that Christy was going to have to go last and have the last word. <laughs> so with that being said, uh, find you a nice porn star to jerk off to, but don't touch him if you see him in public. <laughs> that is the takeaway. So many takeaways today. Sorry. <laughs> No, no, no! I love it. I don't apologize now. <laughs> I love don't, it. Don't, don't apologize after the fact. No, no, you, you hold fast. Do not be a Kanye and get Matt Lauer on here and get you to <laughs> recant your statement. Science. You know, we like to look at a fake titty, but nobody want to touch it. No, don't touch. Not my talkings. So that's gonna do it <laughs> for today, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we thank you so much for listening. As usual, I know this is a super packed episode, but uh, this is what happens when we miss a week. We got to get back in because we miss so much. And we miss you, of course. So Thank you, Christy. Again, this is Shit You Might Have Missed on Flash Black Radio. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and, of course, Facebook and www.flashblackradio.com. I am Leave Bennett III, a.k.a. Da Vinci Parks. Takia T. Rich. Um, Christy K. Savage. And I just want to say, don't just listen to us. Rate us, review us, give us stars, thumbs, whatever. And you can do that very easily on SoundCloud, especially if you're like a subscriber to SoundCloud. But yeah, check us out there. Feel free to add your comments, your likes, your loves, all that good stuff. And actually, we do have a little bit of homework. Somebody actually sent in uh, basically a a podcast they wanted us to comment on. Um, I got that yesterday, so I'll I'll send it out to you guys, see what you think. Oh, I like that requirement. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of homework. Uh, So, you know, because it's early and nobody's already done it yet, we're going to definitely give that some consideration. Thank you. So we know you know who we're talking about. Toya, thank you very much for your uh, your feedback. I will pass it around. Um, Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you so much for listening, uh, contributing to this space. Please keep the conversation going and uh, we'll see you soon. Be blessed. Peace. I'll (laughs) share. Mm-hmm. Oh. Jerk off to a porn star, but don't touch him. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if y'all noticed, but I got real quiet. Like, yeah, I'm not even. I have many things at once. That. We all are. Then that's great. I just, I just, I, there's, there's nothing I can see in that particular.